0: Today on CityCast Denver, the word of the summer is mega drought. And with all the talk of empty reservoirs and rivers drying up, I can't remember ever worrying more about water.
1: Which gets to your broader question, which is, are we gonna run out of water? The answer's no.
0: That clip is from my conversation back in June with Denver's chief water planner, Greg Fisher, which I left feeling both confident in Denver Water's ability to maintain our supply, but also a little bit guilty. Yeah, we could always use the moisture, but could someone else use it more?
1: If you have any question about the reality of the climate crisis, all you have to do is look to the West and the Colorado River Basin dire new projection for one of America's largest reservoirs. U.S. officials warn water levels at Lake Mead will drop even further than they already have, and that, they say, could have serious consequences. The federal government is forcing states to cut the amount of water they can draw from the Colorado River, and that means states will have to make critical decisions about how they use water.
0: After that latest round of five alarm headlines, we reached out to Colorado's premier water reporter, Luke Runyon. He reports for KUNC from Grand Junction on the western slope, so I knew he'd be able to give us an unbiased answer to an uncomfortable question. Is Denver hoarding water? Today is Monday, August 29th. I'm Paul Caroli in for Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver.
1: All right. I am recording on my end. Super. I'm, I'm rolling over here. Just like a whole mess of
0: chords. There uh, we go. <laughs> Tell me about it, dude. Luke Runyon, welcome to CityCast Denver. Thanks so much for having me. So, Luke, how's the mega drought treating you on the western slope these days?
1: Uh, it's... Not great. I mean like the situation in the whole Colorado River basin is is not good. I guess if you like zoom in on particular places like it's been pretty wet in some parts of the basin this year with all of the monsoon rains, but the big picture is still fairly bleak, I would say.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it seems that way. Um and I don't I got to tell you, I don't normally like pay attention to the day-to-day of this, but there was some news a couple of weeks ago that really it blew up. Can you explain what exactly happened?
1: Sure. So earlier this summer, the federal government made this charge to all of the states that use the Colorado River. Um, and that's seven states in the kind of southwestern US. Mexico also uses water from the Colorado River, and there are 30 tribes in the basin so big cast of characters and what the federal government said to all of those users was we need to use a lot less water to avoid having the two largest reservoirs on the colorado river reach critically low levels in the very near future and so they laid out that charge they gave the states 60 days to respond And that deadline came and went in August. And uh, now we're kind of in like a limbo period where we don't really know what's going to happen next. Like the states don't have a solid plan of how to uh, drastically reduce the amount of water that they use from the Colorado River. And the feds haven't really said what they plan to do in absence of the states coming together.
0: This is such an interesting story to me because like... Living here, there's this constant drumbeat of drought, drought, not enough water, but yet this particular piece of news seems to have, has transcended. Like I know a lot of national outlets picked up on it. What, I know you've been covering it though for a long time. Does this feel unusual to you? Um,
1: a lot of times you'll hear conservation talk and it's like we need to conserve we need to conserve but there's not really like a a measure behind it this was Uh a specific volume of water this was two to four million acre feet which is a tremendous volume of water just for perspective colorado the entire state of colorado uses roughly two a little over two million acre feet of water from the colorado river every year so this is a lot of water that we're talking about across the entire basin and i think maybe it would be easy for people to think like oh this is gonna this amount of conservation is going to rescue the colorado river basin this is just to stabilize things not to start kind of refilling these big reservoirs this is sort of like a avoid the worst outcome (laughs) sort of situation um we've just built a tremendous amount of water demand in the western us and what we've found is that the colorado river can't meet all of the demands that we've put on it so you know it's it's a big deal and like the there's a lot of really hard decisions that are going to have to be made in the colorado river basin over the next year to two years
0: The main reason I wanted to talk to you, Luke, is because uh, a few weeks ago, I I spoke with the chief water planner at Denver Water about this, and and I had been hearing about this drought stuff all summer, and I wanted to ask him, should we be worried here in Denver? And what I took away from that conversation was, not at all. We have plenty of water. We have very senior water rights, was what he said. What What is your sense of how Denver fits into this broader regional picture of water use?
1: Well, first off, Denver Water and the Denver Metro area, the entire Front Range of Colorado is heavily reliant on the Colorado River Basin for its drinking water supply. Hmm. We have a lot of, they call them, trans-mountain diversions, and they're essentially tunnels that were drilled through the mountains. So I think this idea that that the the Front Range doesn't have a connection to the Colorado River Basin is is flawed because the front range is heavily reliant on the river for drinking water supplies when it comes to denver itself i don't know if i would feel totally secure with my water supply in any particular corner of the basin right now Hmm.
0: well i don't know i mean there's this other thing that i know denver water is working on and i don't understand the context of it but they have this big project that started this summer to triple the size of the gross reservoir And I know that that's one of those reservoirs that draws from the Colorado River Basin. And this is the question that I actually, I mean, this is the core of the whole thing, Luke. Is Denver a water hoarder? Should we be like more generous or more compassionate to the people of the drier parts of the West?
1: I think the expansion of gross reservoir sort of fits into a larger narrative that is playing out in the Colorado River Basin. You have the lower basin and the upper basin. The upper basin has never fully used the amount of water that it's allocated in the 1922 Colorado River Compact. This was the agreement that kind of set out the legal foundation for managing the river. So those states in the upper basin kind of see the writing on the wall that at a certain point there's going to be a crackdown and there's going to be no new water development in the Colorado River Basin. And so a couple decades ago, they started putting in action uh, plans and projects to start using the full allocation of the Colorado River to those upper basin states. So Denver Water is not alone in in pursuing projects to either enlarge dams or to create new reservoirs. Uh, If you just go a little bit further to the north, you have northern water, which serves the northern Front Range, Boulder. Uh, They're under construction on a new reservoir right now, west of Loveland. Utah has what they call the Lake Powell Pipeline, which would build a pipeline that carries water from Lake Powell to communities in southern Utah. So this isn't like a one off. Um, But it is a tension point within negotiations in the entire Colorado River Basin, because as you can imagine, there are users in California and Arizona who see what's going on in the upper basin and feel kind of nervous that there is an expansion of use going on, because then that means less water flowing downstream to them. Um, Yeah, I mean, nervous. I'd be pissed, Luke, if I'm living in Phoenix and I see Denver tripling
0: the size of their reservoir. Like I think it's
1: yes there it's a it's a tension point. I wouldn't say that people are furious that users in the upper Colorado River Basin are you know expanding their use because the uses in the lower basin are m- probably more than double what they are in the upper basin, but hmm. it pops up in discussions for sure
0: <laughs> hmm. so you tactfully chose not to answer my question about whether or not Denver is a water hoarder. I have to press you on that, Luke. Would you call Denver a water hoarder?
1: No. I, and I think like it's this kind of gets back to it can be very easy to point fingers when it comes to discussions of water in the West. Like, you know, it's very easy for Western slope farmers to point the finger to Denver water. It's very easy for upper basin fingers to point to the lower basin and say, you're not doing enough. You know, like these are the things that I'm hearing constantly. So I am. I don't think that there are villains in the story because we're all kind of complicit. Like we're all water users. That's the story of the Colorado River going forward is all, all of us are in this together. And I don't think singling out particular users for, for some of their practices is, is necessarily super helpful.
0: Well, you must have an opinion, though, on on how well this current system of like of water rights. It just seems like such an antiquated thing to me, such a relic of the colonial era. And I know you just a minute ago referred to this like hypothetical future crackdown that might be coming. I don't know. Is this system tenable?
1: I think we're seeing the system of water rights and water allocation in the West sort of fraying at the edges You know, a lot of times when you hear people talking about Western water rights, you hear first in time, first in right. So whoever showed up first, uh, whether that was a farmer in the late 1800s or a miner, if they started using water at a particular time, they have the more senior status in the entire water system. And so they get their entire allocation of water before all of the other junior users who came after them right and it's a system that i think has worked to manage scarcity but it purely views rivers and streams as sort of utilitarian (laughs) that they're purely for human use and you can fully drain rivers of their water in order to meet you know, human needs. And I think that system, when it was set up, doesn't reflect the time that we're in right now, where people view rivers as essential for the environment, for the ecosystems that they flow through and, uh, you know, provide for wildlife. Um, And so there's, you know, a kind of an intense debate about whether we can adapt Western water law in order to meet our current moment or whether we just need to blow up the whole thing and start anew. And I don't have an answer on like which path is is the best.
0: Does anyone have any interesting ideas for a more fair system or something that might come next to manage the future, you know, our climate changed future?
1: Yeah, I think you have you have one approach to kind of take these incremental steps towards, you know, ma- making more flexibility in the whole system. But then you also have this like more radical approaches of, like I said, like fully dismantling the system. And I think like you have some interesting models. So if you go down into Southern Colorado and Northern New Mexico, there are these systems called acequias, uh, which are kind of a relic of Spanish colonialization of the Southwest, and they're more community-based models for um, seeing water as a community asset rather than an individual property right. It's just how would you take something that is mostly used on a really small scale in small agricultural areas in southern colorado and apply it across an entire watershed and you probably need to talk to a lawyer in order to get that (laughs) fully answered army of
0: lawyers i bet (laughs) yeah yes oh boy um well I, i just want your advice on one thing i am somebody who wants to do the right thing i think there's a lot of other people out there who are like me and especially when it comes to water we all know it's scarce in the west but It's hard to engage on the policy on a municipal level. Like, I don't really understand what the decisions Denver Water is making on a day-to-day basis and how that affects me and how that fits into this broader picture. Do you have any advice on a good way for a compassionate Denverite to engage on water policy?
1: It can be daunting because the issues are really complex and complicated but when you're looking at the watershed scale, a lot of this is being hashed out at like the federal and state level. Um, and so if you're if you care about the future of the Colorado River, I would say start pestering your elected members um, because that's really where the decision making is happening. And then if you want to get involved at the local level, there's all sorts of conservation programs that that you can sort of start tapping into. Whether that's you know changing out your your lawn for escape, whether that's, um, you know, looking into programs. You know, there's some programs that'll help you turn your uh, laundry machine into something that'll help you irrigate your garden. Whoa. <laughs> um, yeah, there's like all kinds of programs that are that are happening right now that you can get involved in. Um, it's just you got to find the time and the energy, and you know, a lot of times we've made water a really cheap resource, and so it's hard to motivate people to to get out there when, you know, you don't have to pay that much to have access to clean drinking water.
0: Hmm. All right. One last thing, Luke, the feds, this crackdown you talked about and this two to 4 million cubic acres of water. I'm sure I got that <laughs> unit wrong. Um, what's your prediction? Are they going to take it seriously? Or are they going to step in and do something this time?
1: I mean, the whole basin kind of functions on this like optimistic to pessimistic range of things. And I feel like over the last several years, you've had people who've been a little more optimistic, who see like the state's willing to agree to cutbacks in water use. But I don't know over the last several weeks and months, we're tilting more into the pessimistic range of things from the people that I'm talking to. And like I said, it's very difficult to get people to agree to cut their water use um, if they're not mandated to and so I think it's good things are going to get worse before they get better like those big reservoirs Lake Mead and Lake Powell they're going to drop even further um, until it like really scares people and then probably we're going to see some significant action
0: well Luke Renyan thanks for joining me on CityCast Denver
1: yeah good to be here
0: And here's what else Denverites are talking about. A plague of mosquitoes has beset southeast Denver. According to the Denver Post, residents of the University Hills neighborhood have been reporting increased mosquito activity all summer along the Highline Canal, which I can attest is typically an excellent trail for a morning walk. Denver Water owns the former irrigation ditch and is slowly recreating it as a recreational and ecological draw for the area. Some neighbors say, though, that a recent stormwater collection project is to blame for the increased bug activity. In the short term, Denver health officials have been applying anti-larval treatments to trouble spots. In the long term, I'm taking this as a reminder that no matter how much concrete we pour, this is still an ecosystem, and Mother Nature always has something up her sleeve. Oh, and one small correction to last Thursday's episode with CPR transportation reporter Nate Miner. He was discussing the push to build bus rapid transit lines across the city, and at one point he characterized the Colfax BRT project as early on and a little squishy. Nate let me know that he mistakenly said Colfax when he was intending to describe the BRT process for federal. The Colfax BRT is still years away, but much further along. They even have a name, the Colfax Links. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell the water hoarder in your life about us. Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See ya. Reserve, reservoirs reservoirs. Yeah, that's a tricky one.